0: Off and an hour or two here of Tiger tailgating yes, on the campus of Louisiana State University, LSU taking on Rice tonight. It's senior night here in Death Valley, and you've been a part of that, Herb. What's, yep. that, what's that night like? Where you get recognized as a? This is the last time you're going to play in Tiger Stadium.
1: Uh, for me, bittersweet. But um, you know, as a freshman, sophomore, junior, um, it's really cool to watch the uh, you know the older guys and their parents walk out on the field and that kind of stuff. Um, it's, you know, it means a lot to, to to the players and not only the players but the parents. Um, and I say it's bittersweet for me because the one thing that my dad always wanted was to be able to walk out on the field my senior year um, for senior night and, and to be there and to kind of support me and, to, and and you know and 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 you know just to be there and that's one thing he's always said and unfortunately he passed away uh, the summer going into my senior year so he was unable to do it mm. so it was my mom and my and my really good cousin Albert Aguilar and um, we uh we, we you know it, it was a, it was a moment. That was um, great, but yet difficult at the same time. So that's why I say it was bittersweet for myself. But it's 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 an, you know it's it's a great situation. You know all the fans are there and they're yelling and they're screaming and you know, they're paying homage to you in your four years or five years that you've been there.
0: Looking ahead, good. you know, two weeks ago, <laughs> Herb, we had we Alabama on a Saturday and then saints and rams on sunday right so this place was south louisiana was a buzz, and i'm comparing it to this week and i think that's why if you're feeling a little bit of a disappointment that's why because two weeks ago this place was insane along with back back home in new orleans right was was pretty crazy but uh, for the saints tomorrow though the eagles uh defending super bowl champions saints are eight and one and you know i'm not sure if they if they can't run the table out
1: i agree i agree you know the the the, the national broadcast guys are talking about how this is you know their the rest of their season is the toughest schedule to play. I agree, but they this team is literally the best team to me in the NFL. They've went on the road and they've beaten some really really tough opponents. Dominated them. Not y- exactly. Not just beaten. They've dominated. You go to Baltimore and you do what, what they did. Now don't don't get me wrong. You know it, it took a, a a great gust of wind <laughs> to help us win that game, but However, they still was in position to win that game, and I think I think look, I'm gonna tell you this is the best Saints team I've seen, even with the 2019. To be honest yeah, with you. Yeah,
0: so far and I, I know the coaches and players would cringe and say, well, we still got a lot to accomplish. But as, oh, fans, yeah. as yeah. fans and members of the media, we can sit here and and, and have those those sports talky kind of questions. Yep. And, and look, for me, this is 10 years of covering the Saints team, mm-hmm. and I haven't seen one that is as complete as this one. Ones that I can agree. beat you in a variety of different ways, can be efficient on offense. Control the ball. Keep the defense off the field. It's a different style for the Saints under Sean Payton, but yep. they're, they're massively effective at it. Listen to this stat. I'll give you the mother of all stats here. In the last five games, they've had an average margin of victory of 16 points in ah, the NFL. That's pretty good. 16 points. That's yep. unheard of. Yep. They're scoring, as we talked about, on 61% of their offensive possessions. That's awesome. And,
1: and, and that's st- six out of every ten times. Right. In
0: 2009, they averaged 42%. 2011 – when they had the, the greatest show on turf, they were scoring at 52%, or 51%, mm-hmm. I should say. Mm-hmm. Now they're scoring 61%. The thing about this team that if you're, an, if you're a defensive coordinator, you have nightmares over the fact that they use 25 different personnel groups. The Eagles have used, like, four.
1: Right. right. So
0: they personnel you and formation you to death. They match up. They are the masters of finding the right matchup. That's why they're so difficult. And in particular, the offensive line, is the best in the NFL. Well, you can't get to the quarterback, and they can run the football. That's a that's a remedy. I mean, that's a recipe that's a for recipe, disaster yes. for defenses.
1: Well, look, I'm gonna tell you. You know, it's one thing about Sean Payton that I've I've been somewhat um, on the fence about with him, was his predictability. I think I think that his and what I mean by predictability, I mean by personnel. So if certain people were in the game, you can predict. Pretty much what play he was going to run when he had um, Darren Sproles and things like that. And he, you know. But now, he, like you said, he's using so many different personnel packages. You don't know who's going to get the ball and do what when they do get in the game um, and what kind of route they're going to run or whatever. But the offensive line has been the unsung hero of this game, um, of this team. The next thing is what Dennis Allen has been able to do since the first game of the season until now um it has just been nothing short of remarkable, I think.
0: Yeah, and look, he implemented more zone concepts after mm-hmm. the, you know after week two, and, and I think that's helped his defense. Look, there are going to be some fans out there that are going to say, yeah, the defense is still leaky. It's today's NFL. Every just, defense th- is leaky yes, in the NFL. Yes, in today's NFL, there is no more dominant defense. Yeah. The way you win in this league now is you put up a bunch of points and yep. have a defense that is just good enough to get off the field on yep. some critical third-down situations, yep. turn the ball over a little bit, play good red zone defense. Look, the Patriots have done it for years, yep. reaching and winning Super
1: Bowls with that kind of with mindset. that kind of mindset, absolutely. And and what's what's any different than this year for us to do that? I'm going to tell you, the run game that we have is, is something phenomenal too in the balance that we have. We, we, we run the ball 32 times and pass the ball 32 times. That's awesome. Back then, you know, six years ago, Sean Payton was throwing the ball 40 times, 45 <laughs> times a game and running the ball 16. So yeah. um, this is – I mean, it's, it, look, I'm going to tell you, for him to be able to reinvent himself as one of the best – Head, uh, head coaches as well as offensive coordinators in this league is, is, is remarkable, and I like it. I Herb, enjoy
0: it. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick, Tiger Tailgating continues here on WWLAMFM.com. The foot traffic starting to pick up around Tiger Stadium. Yes. We are in front of the Athletic Administration Building. PMAC off to our right. Come find, out, find us and hang out with us for Tiger Tailgating. Herb Tyler, former LSU quarterback. I'm Christian Garrick. Phone lines are open at 504 260 1-870-TEXT-870-870. Our Blue Runner Foods opinion poll online for you at com. It's Cupcake Saturday in college football. LSU favored by 44 <laughs> points over Rice. Do you think they will cover? Right now, 89% of those voting in our non-scientific poll say no, they will not cover. 11% saying yes, they LSU will cover the 44 points. I would put. I would lean in the, uh, the the no category just because it's a lot of points. Look, if, first off, if anybody bet on this game, I don't know that was very wise. Just because that's just way too many points either way.
1: What's the over under on it?
0: I don't. I, I don't have it in front of me.
1: No, I would probably bet on that.
0: Yeah. Now that could be one. that yeah. you'd, you'd be safe with. But I mean, you know, it's at least <laughs> forty-four points. The over under. <laughs> <laughs> that's the spread.
1: So right, right, right. So let me say this. I'll say this. If if they cover the spread. The only way that they would do this is by if um, if Burrow plays a really good game in the first half and we score 40, uh, 30, you know, at least 30 points. Right, every drive you score. And then you get Brennan in the game, and then they actually work on trying to throw the ball, and he has a successful night. Then I can see them score. Now, the other obstacle to that is the defensive side. With so many guys hurting the back defensive backfield, you know, uh, are those reserves going to give up some touchdowns, some long plays, or something like that? Right. And what's Rice going to try to do to to compensate for that?
0: Yeah, I mean Rice. If you look at them this year, one in ten on the year, and their first, their, oh. their only win of the season was against was against Prairie View. Um, <laughs> so, and that was in Week One. Now, if you look at their schedule, yeah, As we're pulling it up right now, I mean, just look. Okay, all right. So they beat Prairie View Week one, 31-28. Yep. Got slaughtered by Houston, forty-five to
1: twenty-seven. Well, that's look. That's pretty good. You got twenty-seven points on a really good Houston defense. Hawaii beats
0: them forty-three to twenty-nine. Okay. Southern Miss forty to twenty-two, so they can score points. So they're here. averaging
1: twenty points a game right. at this point.
0: Wake Forest fifty-six, Rice twenty-four, UTSA twenty to three over Rice.
1: That's the one game they didn't score.
0: Yeah, UAB forty-two to nothing, a shutout. Oh, wow, wow. Yeah. Okay. Ford so International thirty-five or thirty-six to seventeen. North Texas beat Rice forty-one to seventeen, and UTEP beat them thirty-four to twenty-six. Finally, last week, La Tech beats them. 28
1: to 13. yeah I so we if we hold them to 10 or less it's the possibility of covering that spread to 44. Yeah, possibly
0: I mean, and this is no disrespect to, to the rice owls fan base or anything like that but listen LSU could turn the ball over literally four times in this game <laughs> and, and still win
1: I, I I hope so
0: I don't know I mean like they, they could
1: uh, they should you would think so
0: They're, look the, you, you saw this this week in Citadel against Alabama they were hanging with them because Alabama was probably distracted yeah you know LSU has to avoid that pitfall. Right. You know that's what I want to see. I want to see do they are they still? <laughs> Herb's getting some some serenading from the fans <laughs> over there, giving you a shout out. Hey, by the way, where's my fourteen jersey? Uh, uh I have it. How oh, you have it? I got it for you. It's not here. I'll though. bring
1: it. I'll bring it next week. How about you. that.
0: I want to see this LSU team, team, though, handle what can be <laughs> a, see, a, a distraction <laughs> for, a de- for a team. What's the police officer laughing
1: yeah, He's about? laughing at us. He's laughing at you because you're looking for that jersey. And you I know.
0: know I know. Is he in there playing solitaire? Are you playing? Oh, no, <laughs> he, he's not playing solitaire. <laughs> anyway, I might have got him in trouble. Um, so, let's get back to So, a game like this where you know as a player, Herb, you're going to win, right? You know yes. you're going to win. Yes. How hard is it, though, to prepare throughout the week knowing that, hey, I'm trying to make this like it's it's – it's Alabama or it's
1: Auburn. It's not difficult to prepare throughout the week because the coaches are not going to let you think that you don't have to prepare. They're going to coach you just as hard. Um, now you may you may not run as fast as you would normally run, or you may not hit as hard as you would normally hit. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you would at, at the very least um, you know focus mentally on what has to be done because I'm going to tell you the coaches will be they should be throwing um, a little bit more of the playbook at you. So that you can kind of get develop a little bit more and, and get a little bit more mo- knowledge as to what you, you guys are doing. And then here's another thing: they're going to be doing. I would think they would do some more checks and uh, checks uh and at, at the lines. Yeah, yeah. check with me at the line of scrimmage just to kind of see how much you can handle as a quarterback. And then also on defense, you would think the same thing, that they would be doing some kind of stunts and, you know, different kind of, uh, uh, you know, di- line up in a different way or different formations or any, also different personnel, seeing who can do what as well. So it's going to be more of a mental challenge than any other physical challenge throughout the week. But once you get into the game, hopefully you would hope that, and it's difficult sometimes, that the, the pageantry of the game itself – kick in then you realize hey i'm in the game in tiger stadium about to play such and such the what really happens though is sometimes you'll get out there and you're and you're thinking well this is you know kind of our scout team or whatever and that kind of stuff and things of that nature but what ultimately happens those guys punch you in the mouth and then you realize you're in the football game
0: tom online one what's going on tom you're on tiger tailgating here on wwl hey tom it's
2: tyler but how can you say the offensive line was the hidden hero this season when LSU has started so many different combinations, and the LSU passing game is mediocre at best. And Tom, then there's You were that,
0: listening to us talk about
2: the
1: Saints. The Saints, yeah, we, we were talking, talking about the Saints. Saints.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, My yeah, mistake. Yeah. I, I, I heard her, but I thought I just assumed it was LSU.
1: No, no, Wait, it, was, ask, it was the same. I
2: ask him one question, as a group, how do you feel the wide receivers have, do you feel that they've underdeveloped as a group? Jefferson's excellent, but as a right. group, do you feel wide receivers have not developed
1: as they should? So what I'd say about that is not so much developed, but they haven't, um, they haven't potentially reached – what their the uh, potential is of this year, because developing for me it 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 takes the course of a couple of years. Right now, we think you know we we have some guys that are veteran guys there. We have some guys that are freshmen, true freshmen that can play as well. We have not seen them being utilized in the way that I think that they should be utilized. Um, meaning to each of of them strength. Jefferson has been shown uh, and given opportunity to do what he does best. We haven't seen what Jamar Chase can really, um, as a receiver or, or uh, Marshall either. We have seen some flashes of really good play from D. Anderson and, and Sullivan, um, but when, when you look at it as a whole, you're absolutely correct. It's not so much as development, but they haven't played up to their potential because I don't think they've had an opportunity to do so.
2: Thank you. I love the show. Keep it up. Keep it up.
1: Thank right, you, Tom. Tom. Thanks have for a, a good phone day. Call.
0: Jeff Palermo joining us now, our WWL.com columnist, and Jeff, we were just talking about LSU and, and Rice. Obviously, this is a game that you know, LSU can almost name your score kind of deal. What are you looking for in, out of this LSU team against a, a much inferior opponent? All right. We'll go to Jack real quick, and we'll get Jeff after the news. Hey, Jack, you're on W.W.L. Tiger Tailgating.
2: Yeah, I'm talking about last mile. Look, uh, sometimes the coaching bug bites, but you better watch what team you go to. You get get 133000 a month for uh, so many years and everything. But uh, he's a good coach, but you don't know what kind of team Kansas is. I mean, it might be a, a dog might make him look even worse. But that's all I got to say. Y'all got a good show,
0: fellas. Thanks, Jack. Jack, look, he knows you're going into Lawrence, Kansas, and you're trying to recruit there. And one of the things that when Les Miles was right here in Baton Rouge at LSU, he was still recruiting well, and and, and he had the, he had the, the, the kids coming in to Baton Rouge. Now he knows that he's going to he's going to Kansas, a team that that is not very good, but they've got a player in Anthony Puka Williams, Herb. Yep. That will play on Sunday.
1: They can start building around. Yeah,
0: and that that's a centerpiece, and mm-hmm. he knows that it's not going back to the SEC. It's not going to be that caliber of talent across the roster. But I think Les Miles is a heck of a coach, um, and, and I like. I I think college football is better when Les Miles is coaching, just because right. of the personality alone. He's a lot like Mike Leach of Washington State where you just never know what kind of goofy things are going to come out of their mouth.
1: Here's what I like to see out of Les Miles. I want to say this. First of all, Les Miles is a great ambassador to college football in in addition to that LSU football.
0: Yeah, he still still very much thinks of himself as a Tiger.
1: Correct, correct. I'd like for Les to learn from what he's experienced here. Be that head coach guy, but go out and hire you a, a subsidiary Mike Leach or, or a Cliff Kingsbury type of offensive coordinator and let that go. You know, don't try to stand in the way um, and, and try to ground and pound as we did when, when he was here because, um, like you said, you won't get those types of athletes. You won't get that offensive line or, or those you know 6'3", 220-pound you know, running backs. You won't have that. So let's step into the new and out with the old but still be who you are in the, at, at core, a great uh, offensive line coach, a guy that's going to recruit well, someone that's going to – everyone on your team is going to run through a brick wall for and allow your defensive coordinator and your offensive coordinator to coach.
0: Of course, the AD over there in Kansas – very familiar when he was at Arkansas. Jeff mm-hmm. Long yep. at one point tried to hire uh, Les Miles away from LSU. It mm-hmm. ended up getting in the extension that ultimately LSU had to buy, buy out, out right currently. now. <laughs> so there's the history. There's the connection that so you're dealing with. That and that,
1: I'm assuming that's why he settled for a little bit uh-huh. less than what it was. So Absolutely. Look, he, it he, all comes back full circle. Right. He
0: gave up five million dollars, but I'm sure at Kansas is going to make the make the pot kind of sweet and, and say, "Look, Les, you're not going to miss any money there." So no, no, no. We'll step away and come back with Jeff Palermo next year on wwl and we welcome in now jeff palermo our wwl.com columnist sports and news director at louisiana radio network jeff palermo lsu and rice tonight at six thirty. i know for lsu it's not it's not the most attractive game but what do you want to see lsu take away from this this matchup with rice tonight
2: well you would hope that they could throw the ball efficiently tonight and effectively and they can hit some plays uh, through the air i i mean i think that to me is uh, the biggest thing for them to do to get accomplished here tonight. The, your total offense ranks 103rd in the country. Uh, Coach Ed Orgeron talked about uh, somehow they've, the offense has, it uh, has derailed here ever since the Georgia game and they got to somehow get it back on the track. Cause I think uh, you, you could see some points scored next week in college station. And uh, it, that game always tends to be a, a fairly high scoring game. So um I think they need to get the offense going, get a little confidence, confidence here with Joe Burrow. Let's see if they can get some of these freshman wide receivers, Terrace Marshall. Let's see if we can see some plays from him. Um, I mean, that, that would be the biggest thing that I'd like to see out of this game. And, um, you know, a guy, a senior like Nick Brossett, you'd like to see him have a good game and defense be dominant. By the time the fourth quarter comes around, hopefully, uh, if Miles Brennan is healthy, hopefully he's out there and maybe some of these other kids who have been waiting for their chance to play uh, get a, get an opportunity to play in Tiger Stadium and just get a little taste of it uh, as they will hopefully take on a bigger role next season.
0: Jeff Palermo, Louisiana Radio Network Sports and News Director here, our guest on Tiger Tailgating. Jeff, Miles Brennan should see some action tonight. Most extended playing time we'll probably see from him in over a year. Um, you want to see him take the interceptions out of his game. That's something that's, that's been his bugaboo.
2: Yeah, and I think you also just want to see uh, his decision-making and hopefully he's not just out there to hand the ball off if it does come to that point. Uh, I mean, the question here with Miles Brennan, is he healthy enough to play? Uh, You know, Coach Orgeron really never gave a straight answer on that other than to say that he has been injured and that has kept him from playing in games earlier this season, probably uh, the Southeastern game. Uh, But uh, I would think you would still want to get him out there you're not going to jeopardize it if he, if he's healthy. He should be out there and getting some snaps and just uh, getting, like I said, getting a taste of it. Uh, because uh, who knows? He I know Burrow's going to be back next season, but um, he, he, he's uh, you, you want to continue to see his development. That's for sure.
1: Defensively, how does how does LSU make up for the the I guess the the the, the many guys that are physically banged up right now? well uh, i I think
2: uh it's a, another opportunity there too for uh, some more guys to get some playing time uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I think uh, this is a game where you you can literally empty the bench out and get as many guys out there on the field and and seeing what they what they're capable of doing and and not risk uh losing a, a year of eligibility out of them so It doesn't seem to me that LSU, I mean, even if LSU's second or third stringers are out there, they should be able to contain rice. Um, I I think the biggest thing is you you just don't want to see them kind of sleepwalk through the first half, Uh, just Uh take care of this game. Uh, You you saw what Alabama and Citadel, what it was like there in the first half today. Uh, uh, Granted, Citadel, run any option, makes things a little difficult. for a team to prepare for, but Alabama obviously wasn't ready to play that game in the first half. Uh, they were in the second half, but uh, you want to see LSU come out just completely dominate early on and move on and start getting ready for Texas A&M, but at the same time getting some other guys uh, some action.
1: So, so even with playing this Rice team and we get the second and third group of guys coming in, what do you really see out of those guys playing against this Rice Owls team? Like, what, what kind of information do you gain out of seeing those guys play?
2: Well, I, I don't – I mean, this is not a very good Rice team. Uh, yeah. I, I think it's just more of the experience. Uh, I, I don't know if you can make any significant judgments on uh, on some of these guys. Uh, I, I think this is just a chance for guys to, to, to get a little experience. I mean, LSU is uh, – when you look at it, every game has been close. Uh, you yeah. know, even in that Southeastern game, they – And the Louisiana Tech game, uh, the Louisiana Tech, I mean, that was a ball game in the fourth quarter in the Southeastern game. It was early in the season and LSU was still trying to get a a lot of wrinkles out and trying to figure some things out. Never really had a chance to get a lot of their backups in. Uh, But here, this might be a chance uh, that they could, Um, you know, not having a guy like Kelvin Joseph possibly tonight. That's a guy who you'd like to see play a little bit more. In this game, Um, you know, Mm -hmm. when you look at the defensive secondary, I mean, those guys, you don't have many guys back there. So the guys, um, you you know, you're the the guys that will start. They may have to go a long time, but there might be an opportunity guy uh, for a guy like Micah Baskerville to get out there or Damone Clark, who's a a true freshman from Southern Lab and put him out there and and just see what you got. But uh, it's almost I don't want to say it's almost like a spring game where you can't make Definitive judgments on certain players, but it's just it's just only going to be a few series for some of these guys that you haven't seen all, all year.
0: Jeff Palermo, WWL.com columnist, and Jeff, I want to see LSU kind of dispel this notion or this nomer, and I think it's it's just at this point that they don't they they're not going to play down to the level of competition. That's what they did against Southeastern and La Tech earlier in the year, and I want to see them, you know, I guess remedy that
2: well this team has done a good job I think uh, scoring early in football games but they uh, they just kind of meander through the rest of the game and, and uh, in those games against southeastern and Louisiana Tech you know Louisiana Tech they had a big lead and they honestly thought in the second half the game was over and then the Bulldogs scored, what was it, three touchdowns in a row, I think, to make it a, a one-possession game. Yep. Um, s- Southeastern Louisiana, they, they got on the Lions quickly. They, they get a touchdown pass and um, and then they just kind of slip walk through the, the rest of the game. Um, yeah, this is a game where, you know, coaches talk about stacking victories. This is a game where you want to stack drives, right? You want to stack hmm. scoring drives. If you get one scoring drive, you stack another one on top of it, and, yep. and and get some get some confidence, get some momentum. Because guys, when if you yeah, this is a team that's going to win ten games, but mm-hmm. a little, let's say if they just kind of if tonight's game is not really good, and Texas A and M the offense is not really sure, I, I think you got to start looking again at okay, is Steve Ensminger the right guy to be your offensive coordinator? Is he giving the quarterback the right? Is he giving him the, calling the right plays at the right time to help him out? Is Joe Burrow the guy? Or or do you open up that quarterback competition again? Yep. I mean, yep. that's that's what this is. These two games, to me, and you throw in the bowl game as well, uh, you need to see some productivity because I don't know how you could, um, if you go through the season and um, finish, I don't know, 90-plus in total offense and bring back the same cast of characters and think, yeah, right. Uh, everything's going to be okay just because you got a five-star running back and John Emery coming in, uh, That he's going to solve the LSU is- issues on offense. Uh, this group of players, a lot of them are going to be back next season, um, and, and it's it's up to them to show that this offense is progressing in the right direction. Jeff Palermo, hey, look,
0: I know you're all over the high school football scene. Last night I got a chance to see Zachary uh, take down Hanville, and
2: Zachary might be headed back to the Dome. Zachary looked really good. I mean, that that was a very impressive performance. Uh, it was a tough spot for Andrew Robeson to have his third game of the season go up against a, a, a Zachary defense like that, who was missing three starters, by the way. <laughs> they were missing three starters, and he was still <laughs> very dominant. But that was tough for him. Um, you know, if he if he had a few more games under his belt, I think things would have been a little bit better for him last night. I I don't want to say Hanville would have won, but – there are just certain programs in the state, and David Brewerton at Zachary has figured it out. He, he's got yep. the right formula. Once November rolls around, you start playing your best football, and Zachary is. And I know we've been talking a lot about Andrew Robeson, but people need to talk about Keelan Brown, the quarterback at Zachary. He's uh, visiting Baylor today. He could be a Major League I, Baseball I, I think draft too. I think he
1: committed today.
2: Well, he, I know he's at Baylor. He said he was visiting Baylor one or one of the other. I know he's got a strong offer from Baylor. I know he's been to Tuscaloosa. Uh, he's only six feet tall, so obviously that hurts him a little bit. But uh, this is a guy that makes the plays. And if you watched him last night, I mean, throws an 85-yard touchdown pass. They had three drives on that Hanville defense last night that were 85 yards and more for scoring touchdowns. That's really good. And um, – He's got some help. Don't get me wrong. He's got some terrific wide receivers on that team. But that kid makes a lot of right decisions and a lot of big plays, and he's been fun to watch because he's a he's a junior and he's a three-year starter. So he, we've seen a lot of him. But uh, there should be a little bit more pub about him if he was six foot three. People were, would be going crazy about the guy right now.
1: Yeah, you're right. No, Caden. Did, he didn't. He didn't uh, commit. That was Camden. Uh, Camden Jackson that committed from Zachary to Baylor today. So.
0: Jeff Palermo, we'll let you run, man. Thanks for the time. All right, thanks, guys. All right, Jeff. Okay. Thank you, man. I will step away and continue here on Tiger Tailgating on WWL. Ohio State and Maryland headed to overtime, tied at 45, 20 seconds <laughs> left in that ball game. Ohio State punched it in from the three yard line after a, a pass interference call got them down there with three, uh, with about 44 seconds left in regulation. Mm-hmm. Maryland 45, Ohio State 45. You like the college football um, overtime format? Uh,
1: no, I like. Um, I actually, I think uh, initially I liked it, but now I kind of don't. I, I like I like the idea of playing an extra quarter, if you will, and giving both teams an opportunity to score.
0: So you like the NFL method better?
1: I do, I do, because because it cha- it's, it's a little bit. It's more challenging. I mean, you have to still have to play the game. Because sure. when you do the college, you, you, you shrink the field. So now you're basically in a red zone type of situation. And if you look at the numbers of red zone, offense is always going to win that battle at least 70%, 80% of the time. So so it, 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 I guess it makes for a little bit more of ex- exciting offensive play. But I just rather if we're playing football, let's play football all the way.
0: Herb, Grant Delpit, the safety for LSU, mm-hmm. has put himself on the map. Yep. This year. Yep. And you're you're looking at, I think perhaps next year. The best defensive safety, I mean the best safety in, in, college, in college football. Mm-hmm. What has he meant even after the loss of Calavon Von Chasson? Also getting after the passer.
1: Well, I mean, you, you 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 look at it. He actually took, you know, took the place of Calavon Von Chasson mm-hmm. in that in that aspect. Um, but the other thing that you you he's done is he has become a leader on this team. He's brought some energy, some fire to the defense. Um, he takes on that same persona that um, Coach Aranda uh, portrays every day, and especially during the games. And and you know what? He You know, all other offenses, they fear him and what he can do. So, you know, you have him in, in as a deep safety, if you will, and then also creeping up at the line and rushing and making tackles and plays and things of that nature. But you also have, you know, greedy on the outside, that's doing his thing. So, you kind of, you're kind of directed to one area. See,
0: th- throw Herb the ball over here. Throw the, let's, let's see let's see Herb's hands here. Here we go. Take I can ball. catch hey, a little bit. Catch. Now you can throw it. I still got a little bit of a spiral, I too, see man. That, I see that spiral. I can do it. Playing catch with an LSU fan, a young LSU yeah. fan. <laughs> Tiger Tailgating here on WWLAMFMN.com. Welcome back here. Tiger Tailgating. Coming up next hour, me and the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Abar. earlier in the week, Herb. Had a chance to sit down, talk to LSU coach Ed Ogeron. Of course, those two big buddies from their college days. Yep. And – uh Bobby loves talking to, to Coach O. And, again, while I'm here, while we're here, we have the opportunity to do so. I know Herb has always been the overly positive individual when it comes to this LSU team of 2018. Yep. And I've been a little bit at the start of the season was a bit of a Debbie Downer, but i got to take my hat off to, to Coach O and what he's done, his coaching staff, and what they've done, and also the players. But this is a guy, that Coach O, that all of a sudden found himself on the hot seat coming in to the season. Could potentially get ten wins out of this squad, a young squad at that. Yeah, you got beat by uh, by Florida. You got beat. You got shut out by Alabama. But man, the wins that they stacked up this year, and if they continue to win and get to ten wins, Coach O, I think, has gone from uh, the hot seat to potentially a contract extension conversation.
1: I agree. I don't disagree. With that. I I um I think that Coach O. I think the only game that we I thought we could have won that we lost was the florida game we were writing that game the whole time all the way up until the end of the game and we, one more touchdown we win the game um you know the alabama game was was a little bit different um we were outman, outmatched at that game um you know the thing about coach O that i really love that he's done is he's pretty much brought this team from everyone hating this team to people saying wow look what these guys have done these guys were, 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 you know, not look, you know, th- they weren't supposed to do anything. Mm-hmm. So but what they did was they rallied amongst each other. Um, they, they believed in what the coaching staff was giving them or feeding them, and they, and they, and they turned that into an eight-win season right now. Um, and, and, and one of those losses that we had out of the two was to the number one ranked team in the country. And, you know, it's kind of difficult to say that anybody can beat those guys right now. Um, I don't know if anybody can with a healthy tour, But that being said, contract extension is probably well-deserved. Um, The one thing that I am a little leery about is, and, and, and Jeff brought it up, is the fact that, you know, if we end this season as number 90 or above in total offense and we don't make any real significant changes, then what do we do? We're going to come back and be – number 89 next year right um so so you know uh you know and it, it initially i thought that coach Ingsminger did a great job of of you know against miami and 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 auburn and you know those guys um but moving forward let's see what he can do we got to get better
0: coming up next hour coach o Me and the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Aber, sat down with the LSU head football coach next here on Tiger Tailgate and Herbert Christian in front of the Athletic Administration building on the campus of LSU. It's the Tigers and Owls tonight at 630 right here on WWL.